0: Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Master the NEC, home of the Electrical Code Academy Incorporated. Hi, my name is Paul, and we are going to do another brief. This is a brief one podcast today. I had an email come in, and they said, Paul, can you help me understand section 210.12 A and B? And I said, okay, we can do that. So, Again, if you're not familiar with that, that's the arc fault circuit interrupters applications that are found in the National Electrical Code. Now, depending on what cycle you're on, there's been a great increase of AFCI requirements dating back when it started in the 99, which was just kind of outlets and bedrooms. Uh, and it really didn't mean, you know, it, it kind of progressed uh, and we know the understanding that outlets doesn't mean just receptacle outlets, lighting outlets, whatnot, depending on where they're located. So that kind of progressed. And then we got into the 2008 code and the locations under 210.12a started expanding locations. And then we moved into 2014 and we have the allowance of the uh, the exception to modifications in the six foot rule. It's kind of allowed for... Panel changeouts where you just flipped a panel around, but you really weren't changing the branch circuits, or you only modified it six foot or less, and so it didn't really kick in the requirement for the modified, extended, or altered uh, branch circuit aspect of 210.12b. So you didn't have DLC, got that little break in there, you didn't have it in the 11 code. So if somebody moved a panel and theoretically changed the the actual brand circuit for AFCIs, then you were triggered into the requirement to add that AFCI protection. So so they came up with this um, exception in the uh, 2014 code, and it carried obviously over into the 2017 code. Uh, But I figured what we would do is we would just kind of talk about it as it is in the 2017 code. All right, so hopefully you got your code book. I got your 2017 code book we are working on the 2020 edition right now uh, getting ready to meet next month in Hilton head South Carolina unfortunately I sit on two code panels but I might not be able to attend that meeting that's a bummer for me because I look forward to these type of things uh, but I have kind of a, a family emergency that looks like it's going to be in that window and I can't be away because I have to be available in case something goes wrong and you know and uh, I won't delve into the personal issues but it's not me it's a family member but It is what it is. Uh, Family always comes first, so I don't worry about that kind of thing. All right, now, 210.12, arc fault circuit interrupter protection. So let's kind of read the rule, and I'll kind of give you a synopsis of the protection requirements for the AFCI. So arc fault circuit interrupter protection shall be provided as required in 210.12, A, B, and C. So we got an A, B, and a C. Uh, The arc fault circuit interrupter shall be installed in a readily accessible location, you have to be able to get to it to test it. Uh, kind of like what the requirement is in 210.8 for GFCIs, ground fault circuit interrupters. It's the same concept. Uh, they have to be readily accessible that you can get to them. Uh, they're not behind something that takes tools or something to be able to get to to be able to test them. Uh, then you would probably wouldn't test them. And I know everybody out there tests their GFCIs and their AFCIs on a monthly basis. I already know you do, so I just assume it there. So let's look at A. So if you're dealing with the dwelling unit, and that's what we're talking about, dwelling unit. Now, keep in mind, this can be a dwelling unit in a commercial building that has uh, dwelling, actual dwelling units, or it meets the definition of a dwelling unit, cooking, sleeping, sanitation, and living. Uh, Then you're going to have this aspect. Now, in the NEC, again, we cover that Uh, When you have a one and two family type dwelling, uh, then you basically will follow the International Residential Code, and it kind of takes the information out of the NEC and puts it into the IRC, that's the International Residential Code, and that's the International Building Code Series, uh, or the International Construction Code Series, the ICC. So if you're taking an exam, for example, then you can really probably do it by just studying the IRC. The problem with that is eventually most inspectors and people that use that are going to eventually move up into, let's say, multifamily dwellings uh, and commercial buildings that have dwelling units in them. Uh, Then the problem is that shifts over into the IBC, International Building Code. Again, one of those family of I codes. And when you get into there, it doesn't copy the information out of the NEC. It just directs you to the NEC. So you're better off to learn what's in the NEC if you're taking an exam. Okay. Uh, And that's all part of our exam prep. We teach you all those kind of things. All right. But for our case here, we want to make sure we're in the NEC, the National Electrical Code. Now it says A, and remember there's an A, B, and a C. A says dwelling units. It says all 120 volt. And since it's talking about 120 volt, we're actually talking about the actual branch circuit itself. It says, all 120 volt, single phase, 15 and 20 ampere branch circuits supplying outlets or devices, okay, installed in dwelling unit kitchens, family rooms, dining rooms, living rooms, parlors, libraries, dens, uh, bedrooms, sunrooms, uh, recreation rooms, closets, hallways, laundry areas, or similar rooms. Now, when people ask me, or it says similar rooms or areas, that's because you could have similar rooms, and this gives some of the leeway to the inspection authority to take something that might be used as a bedroom, but might not technically qualify as a bedroom, but could be used as a bedroom. Maybe it's a non-conforming type of bedroom or, or whatever the, I don't even know if that's a term, non-conforming bedroom. Anyway, somebody uses a room that doesn't meet the size requirements and the egress requirements or whatever it is to be a bedroom, but somebody might use it as that uh, because of where it's located, how it's located. So again, this allows the inspector to say, you know what, I consider that a similar room to a bedroom or a similar room to a library or parlor. So that's what it's in there. So it does give the inspector, who again is trying to help establish the most minimally safe building or structure that they can by following this minimum safety standard, right? So in this case, that's where they would use the similar room or or similar area to apply to that. All right, so we have all these locations uh, that have come up. Now, Uh, they shall be protected. Now, how do you do this protection or how do you apply this AFCI protection? Well, you're going to have, it says it shall be protected by any means described in 210.12 A1 through 6. So you have an A1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, and 6. Now go over these pretty quickly. A1, I can have what's called a listed combination type arc fault circuit interrupter installed to provide protection of the entire branch circuit. So this device goes in the panel. It'll actually say combination type on it, uh, as opposed to the old style, which used to say branch circuit and feeder type. Now, the difference in the two, really the key component that you want to remember is when you see combination type, don't get fooled in thinking that's combination AFCI, GFCI. I hear a lot of people do that, and I do a lot of seminars all over the country. Uh, and I'll ask people, do you know what it is? And believe it or not, this is the fact. I get some very well-established electricians, 20 and 30 years in the business, in rooms with 50 to 100 to 150 people or more in there. And you get them, some rooms where not a single person in there really knows what the combination means. They'll They'll say um, well, it's combination, um, GFCI and AFCI. And I go, okay, okay. Is anybody else? Uh, and routinely, I'm not lying. I just did one, uh, and, and I got, it was a room of well-established managers, uh, which was fine. I mean, it's fine. They're managing electrical, uh, contracting, you know, electricians because it was a continuing education class. And, they, and none of them knew that what combination type means. Now, we all know that it says combination type, so we look for it. Um, but what does it mean? So combination type means that it looks for both a parallel and a series arc. So in your mind, think of that connection to a receptacle's terminal as being a series arc. And think of two conductors, like a black and a white, going out in a non-metallic sheath cable or in an extension cord that gets crushed in the door, that is that is considered a parallel, because you have two conductors running in parallel. So the arc can jump across the two conductors, and it's really not load dependent, whereas a series, it's a load going through the device back to the circuit, so it might be okay when there's no load, but the moment you put load through there, it's very load dependent, so then you get an arc at that loose connection. Uh, so that's where the heat can build up over time and cause problems with the device, and if there's any... Uh, combustible material around it, then you could have pyrolization because the heat over time lowers that thermal ignition point at that area where you have that combustible material. That's a lot of words to say that's what a combination type looks for, okay? So that's what we want to have. So we want to have a combination type. Now, if you put that in the panel, then you protect everything downstream, you're good to go. All right, so you have a second option the second option says, well, what about a listed branch feeder type? Now, that's the ones that disappeared in the 2014 code. In replacement was the combination type. But people said, well, you know what? Can I use these things? Don't they have some element of protection? And the the, the answer is they do. They have a little bit of element of protection when you put them in conjunction with a AFC AFCI Outlet type of device, and yes, they are out on the market. They look like a receptacle. They kind of look like a GFCI receptacle, and they'll go in the first outlet in the in the brand circuit, the very first one you get to. Okay, so if I use a listed brand circuit AFCI device, which you might have sitting around because you didn't, you had them when the 2011 code was there, and you couldn't use them in the 2014 code. But now in the 17 code, I can use them again. So, it's provided, I put that in the panel. And as, and it installs at the original uh, at the origin of the branch circuit in combination with a listed outlet branch circuit type AFCI device installed at the first outlet of the branch circuit. So if I do these both uh, in series, and and provided that the first outlet box in the branch circuit shall be marked as indicating that it is the first outlet of the circuit. So this is kind of like that little marking requirement that you had when you used a GFCI receptacle in a a, a circuit that didn't have an equipment ground, like a bathroom remodel, and allowed you to put it in there because it was existing. Here's the same concept. You get to put this label because it marks that first receptacle. So as an electrician, you have to sort out and find that first one in the circuit. Okay, It means you're going to have to do a little work. But if you, you know, you should be no problem with that. If they open it up, pull the device out, the existing receptacle, pull the wires off of it and then test it and you should be able to determine that. So this is an option for you. And you might be able to find a branch feeder type for many of the older medium age size panel boards. Whereas you might not be able to find a combination type for some of the older type panel boards. So this might be an option for you in some of those remodel type of things that, that the homes are not too awful old, okay? All right, the next option you have is item three, and I would say it's not really an option because it says a listed supplemental arc protection circuit breaker uh, installed in the or, or at the origin of the branch circuit. That means back at the panel where the circuit starts. And you have a listed outlet branch circuit type AFCI at the first outlet on the branch circuit. And then you got a bunch of conditions you have to meet. And the conditions are... Uh, that the branch circuit wiring shall be continuous. Now, this is continuous from the branch circuit overcurrent device to the outlet branch circuit arc fault circuit interrupter. So, no splices. It must be continuous. And if you're dealing with um, the conductors here, then it says the maximum length of branch circuit wiring from the branch circuit overcurrent device, that's the breaker device, to the first outlet shall not exceed 50 feet. Uh, And then it says... The first, uh, if 50 feet if it's 14 gauge and 70 feet if it's 12 gauge. So I've got a limited length of the circuit. So you're going to have to measure that out and figure out what that distance is. Okay. And then it says the first outlet box of variant circuit shall be marked. So you still have the marking requirement. Okay. The only problem with this option is we could sit here and go, what did Paul just say? Or you could realize that there isn't an option three out there. Nobody has a product to meet this requirement, so you might as well just mark it out of your code book. Just draw a line through it because there isn't one out there. All right, let's go to the next one. Item number four option to order to give you this AFCI protection. It says a listed outlet brand circuit type arc fault circuit interrupter installed in the first outlet of the branch circuit in combination with a listed branch circuit overcurrent protected device where all the following conditions have met. Okay. So what this means is I can take one of those AFCI type outlets. It looks like a GFCI. You put it in the first one. Okay. I can do that. Uh, But now I have to meet all these other conditions. Well, first condition is, okay. um, So the first condition, this is using a regular overcurrent device in in the panel. The first condition is it has to be continuous from the branch circuit overcurrent device to that outlet just like it was required in, in item three above. So that's got to be continuous, no splice. It's got to be to the first one. Secondly, I'm still going to have the restriction of 50 feet if it's 14 gauge or 12 uh, or 70 feet if it's 12 gauge. So I've got a conductor size limitation to follow. Item three, I still have the requirement number three or, or C if you will. I still have the requirement to put the marking. So this is a little tag that you got to put on that first receptacle, that first outlet box. Not a problem. Here's the one that makes it difficult. D. It says a combination of the branch circuit overcurrent device and outlet branch circuit AFCI shall be identified as meeting the requirements for a quote system combination type AFCI and shall be listed as such. Well, take your PIN and mark it through item uh, number four option as well, because that doesn't exist either. There is a proposal to get rid of that in the 2020 cycle. It made kind of the device manufacturers a little upset because they said, well, what if we come out with one? Well, again, I hate to be the hardlinest. And my thing is I don't like when the code mandates stuff or allows stuff that really is not out there yet. I know we did this with the AFCIs back in 99 Uh, when we came to the outlets, we did it. Um, But we knew they were available. We're just trying to generate demand. I don't like it here. Um, So some of them are upset, but it's all good. I mean, we'll see what the code panel says, but that was the reason I put the proposal in. And I was kind of snarky in my proposal. So again, all the members of code making panel too, I do apologize. It wasn't my intent to be so snarky. All right, let's look at item number five. So currently to this point, we have two options. We have the first one, combination type AFCI circuit breaker, or the second one, uh, a branch feeder type AFCI circuit breaker, and the outlet type AFCI at the first outlet. And with that one, we have no length restrictions on the conductor size, okay? So item three, we really can't do. Item four, we really can't do because they're not available. So let's move on to item five. Now, if I run the circuit in RMC, that's rigid metal conduit, IMC, intermediate metal conduit, EMT, electrical metallic tubing, or if it's in MC, or if it's in steel armored type AC cable, and be honest with you, not that many people use the AC cable, but if you did, it'd have to be the steel armored kind. Um, and of course, it has to meet the requirements of 250.118, which it would if it's AC cable, all right? Uh, and it says, t- 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 oh, and also, let's see here. It says metal wireways, metal auxiliary gutters, uh, and uh, metal outlet and junction boxes are installed for the purpose of the branch circuit between the branch circuit overcurrent device and the first outlet. So that means that portion again from the panel to that first outlet box it has to be one of these types of wiring methods and again you can look at them uh, all and you don't really have to memorize it when you're doing an installation and you deal with one of these things you got to find about the ac and you're you're doing the rough end uh, then you need to go here and look at these options um, if you're doing houses and non-metallic sheet cable then obviously i option five is not going to be for you here okay you're probably going to find if it's a new construction you're probably going to be using number one uh, or number two all right So it goes on a little bit, and you remember, you still have to have the uh, listed outlet branch circuit type AFCI installed in the very first um, location, all right? And here's the other caveat. The box that that device is installed in, that first outlet, has to be metal, okay? So it has to be a metal box, okay? All right? So that's got to, you know, has to be that way. Right? So there's your there there's your uh, protection there. That's your option. So you can use one of these types of wiring methods all the way to the first outlet box. That outlet box has to be metal, and then inside that outlet box, you could put an AFCI uh, branch circuit device in there, and it protects everything downstream, and conceivably it protects upstream. Uh, limited protection, but of course it's inside one of these metal wiring systems. So that offers the protection, uh, that we're looking for upstream from any fires because of its inside of metal. Okay. That covers that one. Not real practical, practical if you're in a single family dwelling or, or duplexes or whatnot like that. All right. So then you've got, that's five. And then you got number uh, six. Now six says, where a listed metal or non metallic conduit or tubing Or type MC cable is encased. And of course, that MC cable that's encased is going to have to be a PVC jacketed type just to kind of throw that out there. Encased in not less than two inches of concrete for the portion of the branch circuit between the overcurrent device and the first outlet, it shall be permitted to install a listed outlet branch circuit AFCI at the first outlet to provide protection for the remaining portion of the branch circuit. Okay? So, theoretically that concrete two inch encasement has to go all the way to the panel down all the way over and up to the first outlet. Now if it stopped and came out of the ground into a raceway and then up into the panel then you really aren't meeting this rule. So this could be a this is also a tough one to meet because that means that the entire run uh, from the panel to the outlet has to be encased. If any portion of it's not encased uh, then we have a problem right. So for, for practical purposes, if you're doing a lot of multi-family buildings, uh, high-rises, uh, multi-floor type of things, then five might be an option because you might be running IMC, RMC, EMT, or MC, or whatnot. Then you you might be okay. Um, if it's non-metallic sheath products, then you're probably going to use item one or item two. Okay, Those are really, so three and four, you can mark those out. Five, it's a possibility if you use a metal raceway to so that first outlet box, and it's a metal outlet box, which is pretty common uh, in uh, buildings, uh, multifamily buildings and what have you. Pretty common. They have multiple floors. Of course, you have the option, again, for encased in concrete, but again, it would have to be all the way. There is no exception for the small piece that pokes out. Now, you have an exception here that it just reminds us that says, hey, by the way. An individual brand circuit to a fire alarm system installed in accordance with uh, 760.41B or 760.121B is installed in rigid IMC, EMT, or a steel sheath cable type AC or MC cable meeting the requirements of 250.118, okay, with metal, with metal with a metal outlet box uh, you can omit it for that circuit for those fire alarm systems, okay? That's the exception to the rule there. All right, so we go on to B. Now, B says, ah, so there's some new components here in B, and it talks about dormitory uh, units. So all 120 volt, again, we're talking branch circuit, we're talking about the single phase because even if it's a derived three phase from a Y system that's going out to a unit, let's say, you're still going to have single phase going out to the actual individual receptacles that are inside the unit. So, in the dormitory unit, so it would apply to those 15 and 20 amps branch circuits supplying outlets and devices installed in the dormitory. Uh, the change for 2017 was it added uh, bedrooms, uh, bathrooms, excuse me, bathrooms were added in this one. Okay. And it also covers any of the locations that are in 210.12A1 through 6. The other thing is that it added and devices, which means the switch now is covered in the application where you're applying the brand circuit to any outlets or devices. Okay. Installed in the dormitory unit, bedroom, living room, hallway, closet, bathroom, what have you. Or, or similar rooms. Again, the cooking provision was taken out of there. Not necessary. Uh, Actually, you know what? Scratch that. There was no cooking provision in the dormitory units. Sorry, I got that confused with the guest rooms and guest suites. Trying to give you a lot in a short amount of time. I said this would be a short one, but obviously it doesn't look like it is. So, all right. So next we have a new change here for guest rooms and guest suites. Um, So all 120 volt single phase, 15 and 20 amp brand circuits, supplying outlets and devices installed in guest rooms and guest suites of hotels and motels. shall be provided... By any of the means described in 210.12 A1 through 6. And again, guest rooms and guest suites, the provision doesn't matter whether there's cooking provisions in there or not. They're going to have to have AFCI protection. So that's a big change for you people that do guest room, and guest suites, of hotels and motels. All right, let's go on to D, which is branch circuit extensions or modifications. Now this previously in other cycles, it was, I believe in 11, it was 210.12 B, um, And I think that it's expanded here because we added B and added C. B was added in the 14, I guess. And then we have C in the 17. And and anyway, it's expanded. So the biggest part of the question that somebody sent me was, how does D apply? And we're in the 2017 code. So how does that apply? Well, let's read it. It says dwelling units and dormitory units. Okay, So D applies to dwelling unit and dormitory. And what we're talking about here is branch circuit extensions, or modifications to that branch circuit. It says in any of the areas specified in 210.12a, which is the general requirement that says that they're going to be in what? That would be uh, the kitchens, family rooms, dining rooms, living rooms, wherever it's required by that location. All right. If I come and modify a branch circuit, or even if I was extending it during a remodel and I'm adding a space and I'm now finishing off a wall and inspector says that now I have to meet the wall spacing in 210.52 and I add more receptacles. If I'm extending this existing brand circuit to supply those receptacles and they're in one of those areas that would require AFCI protection under 210.12a and I plan on using the existing circuit then I've got a problem and that's going to kick in the requirements for that AFCI protection. You know, here's what it says. It says, any of the areas specified in 210.12a, which is the general, and B, which is the dormitory units, where branch circuit wiring is modified, replaced, or extended, the branch circuit shall be protected by one of the following. Now, the first thing says, okay, well, I can use a listed combination type AFCI located at the origin of the brand circuit. That's back at the panel. So that's no no different than what we just saw. Uh, That's a combination type. The next option, it says, okay, well, I can do a listed outlet brand circuit type AFCI. That's the ones that look like a little receptacle. And I can locate it at the first receptacle outlet of the existing brand circuit. Now, here's something to think about. People say, well, wait a minute. I'm only given two options here, and, and that's exactly right. You are. Well, they say, well, wait a minute. In the other option, I'm limited to, uh, the distance. I mean, i am I'm, I'm limited to 50 feet or, or, 12 or, or 70 feet with 12 or 14 gauge. What's going on here? Because in this existing unit, I could have 12 or 14 and it's not protected. Well, you're right. But again, you're, we're dealing with the circuit that you modified or extended. So the best that we can do under the remodeling aspect of this code is to try to at least get you something that's going to protect the new wiring that you're putting in. Now it is going to have some limited protection upstream, okay but it is not the same as what you're going to get downstream, okay So that's the concept that we're kind of following. So you might get some limited series protection upstream and you might but you'll get you'll get your both your parallel and series, Downstream, uh, you'll get all those things that are involved in it. Uh, so, all we're trying to do here is give you some protection. We're not giving you the everything, we're giving you some. So, you do have an exception here. Now, this exception becomes really important. It came in the 2014 code. There were a lot of people that said, Well, wait a minute, what if I do a remodel or, or what if I do a panel change and I have to move a panel over three or four feet? technically I've got to move those branch circuits over three or four feet so I use the old box as a junction point and we won't even get into it if you can or you can't or whatnot on that we'll, we'll, we'll just assume that most people aren't going to give you an issue and I can so I do this now I've got an extension of three or four feet an inspector could come in and say up oh, you extended or you modified that branch circuit now I want GFCI I mean excuse me AFCI protection on all those circuits that required to have AFCI protection in 210.12a. That can be a monumental undertaking. Uh, Quite costly. I mean, it's a good good idea, but that's not what the code was reaching for, so they added that exception. And the exception says, AFCI protection shall not be required where the extension of an existing conductor is not more than 6 feet and does not include any additional outlets or devices. So really this was designed for that panel change, that, that panel move. Let's say you had a panel that was aiming one location and you were doing a remodel and now it was not gonna have the right working clearance or or maybe it was in a bathroom and the inspector says it's not gonna work because you can't have overcurrent protected devices located in a bathroom. But you can turn it the other way, maybe into the hall. Okay. Well, because I turn it or move it a couple feet, the last thing I want to do is have to install AFCI devices. That gets quite costly. Uh, while there are a good thing, you know, that might not be something you accounted for in your bid. So you don't want that to come and kill you there. So at the end of the day, we got to make a living. So even though they do add a good level of protection, uh, you're not required to do that. So that's what the exception is there for, allows you that leeway. And again, as long as you're not adding any additional outlet, I could even move during construction a circuit, shorten it or, or something like that. Uh, as long as I'm not adding additional outlets or devices to that brand circuit, as long as it doesn't exceed six feet, then I don't trigger this modification requirement here for those locations. Okay. Anyway, that's it. So I just kind of wanted to, to cover that so that anybody, it went a little longer than I want, about 30 minutes. But anyway, that should kind of cover you the whole aspect of AFCIs and how 210.12 A, B, C, and even D comes into play. If you're in the 2011 National Electrical Code, then that's going to be, you're not going to see the deal about the dormitory requirements in there. You're not going to see that. Uh, but I just kind of uh, throw that out there. Uh, for you. Uh, you'll see it start coming in the 14 code. And of course, I'm just kind of giving you what's in the 17 code. So thanks for listening. Hopefully you got something out of that. God bless. If you have any other little uh, videos or audios you'd like me to do or whatnot, make sure you email us at info at com. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-T-H-E-N-E-C.com. Or com. Go to... Uh, YouTube and type "Master the NEC" and you'll find our our, our our videos and subscribe to them. Our podcasts are available from Spreaker, but you can also listen to them from our webcat uh, from our uh, website if you want. As well as go to our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and type "Master the NEC." and you'll be able to find us on uh, Facebook as well and subscribe to us. we got a lot of things coming. Uh, We give a lot of free education away, hopefully to teach you something. Thanks again for listening. God bless. Until next time, stay safe, my friends. Oh, and Happy New Year coming up on 2018. Make it a blessed one. Peace.